to be successful, you need talent, luck, and persistence. Welcome to Start the Doubts. I'm your host, Jared Easley. Joining us today is my good friend, Carol Sanick. She is a crazy marketing lady. Hi, Carol. Hey, Jared. Hi there. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. So question that we've kind of put on the back burner, but I'm going to bring it up for this interview because I'm curious myself. What's the best concert you've ever been to? That's easy. Paul McCartney, 2002 United Center, Chicago, two and a half hours straight, no intermission. Amazing. Wow. I can imagine. Good for you. I've never seen any of the Beatles, but if I had the chance to see Paul McCartney, other than on YouTube. He's on tour. He's on tour. There's a new tour. Yep. And I wonder if he's swinging through Tampa or Miami. I haven't looked yet because, you know, I would have to go. So I haven't looked. <laughs> Larry, Larry's going to have to bust up, step up and buy some tickets. <laughs> hey, look, the last three concerts I went to were country for him because he's a country boy. We saw, oh, yeah, really, we saw Brooks and Dunn and Reba in Las Vegas in December. And then nice. last night we saw Martina McBride because he really has a big fondness for Martina. And she was great. She was awesome. But, you know, we have to come to the rock side for Carol. Well, uh, yeah, none of those artists, as good as they are, Paul McCartney. But yeah, I think Larry does have reasonable taste in terms of country artists. So good for him. For those who are listening, be like, Larry, Larry, who's Larry? Uh, Carol, who's Larry? Larry Sanic, my husband. He's a podcaster also. And well, Jared knows him, knows him quite well. Well, well enough, I should say. (laughs) We don't want to start. We don't want to start any rumors here. There's a bromance. Yeah, I I am a Larry fan. I know. Bromance, bromance, bromance. Yes. All right. So Larry's your husband. Yeah, let, let's start there because I, I I don't know that I've heard this story. How did you Larry me? Oh, my goodness gracious me. Online. Interesting. OK. And I mean, uh, but just so people have some context here, I would be willing to say that you and Larry have become very good friends. I think that's fair to say. Oh, and yes. so I, I love the two of you. I've really enjoyed getting to know both of you. I've had a chance to, to hang out at various events and, and meetups and things of that nature. And so uh, yeah, I, I just want people to know more about what you're up to, Carol. And then, I'm, I'm co- of course, I'm kind of fascinated with you and Larry because I think you guys are the perfect couple in a lot of ways. I'm sure that's not true, but you know what I mean. Uh, I, I just really admire the two of you. So, uh, so the two of you met online, and yeah. So, so tell tell us a little bit about that. Okay, here's the deal. This was um, back in 1998. We, I was living in Chicago, downtown Chicago, as a matter of fact, right on right on State Street. My condo looked down State Street to the Chicago Theater and the Marshall Fields. I will never call it Macy's. You'll never hear me calling it Macy's except for right now. And then and then my bedroom looked at the Sears Tower. So, you know, I was living in a really great place and I had a really great job. I could walk to work, but I wasn't meeting anybody. I was a single lady. My kids were grown and I was lonely. So my girlfriend said, you need to go on matchmaker.com, which I don't think is out there anymore. Don't confuse it with match.com. It's different. So she and I both did. And for the first two weeks that you join, you can't put a photo up because um, you're not paying yet. You're free. So there was no photo up of me. So the first two weeks, I had over eight dates because I found out later that women were in short, were in high demand there. And, you know, it, yeah, I had eight great dates, to tell you the truth. Really great dates. But Larry was the winner. <laughs> all right. <laughs> now, yeah, let, let's, st- let's stick with this for a moment. So, all right. What was it about Larry that immediately, you know, you, you knew, okay, this is someone that I want to get to know better. This is a real easy answer for me. It really <laughs> is. When I 
looked at his profile and I met him in person and we had a very short date. We had a dinner at a restaurant, unfortunately, that's no longer in Chicago, the Mambo Grill. And we walked around. It was Christmas time. We walked around, looked at the windows at Marshall Fields, and then he walked me back home. But during that short period of time, I learned so much about him and he had his daughter living with him because they were moving. They were in transition. Uh, She was moving to Florida with her husband. Her husband was already down here. So he had opened up his place, which was small, to his daughter and his grandson. And I thought, Now, this is a guy. This is a real cool guy because he's taking care of his daughter. That means he's going to take care of a woman, too. And I knew I knew within probably three days, four days of meeting him that I could spend the rest of my life with him. Wow. Okay. And and I'm sure some people would be like, wow, three days. But I've met Larry and I I could understand that Larry is a a very uh, caring person, hospitable person. Uh, Yeah, I, I, I think that's amazing that you're fortunate to meet him and, and he was fortunate to meet you. And now, okay, so let's transition from there. How, but from the, from that date and you knowing within three days, hey, this is someone worth spending time with to now the two of you are married. So how did, how did that happen? We actually moved in together. We met in December of 98 and we were living together, I think within maybe eight weeks. <laughs> Eight weeks. Yeah, it was that. Good. Yeah, no, no shame in no. that. No, and you know, here I'm going to share a little personal story here. I love it. I know, yeah. I know. The you know, there's that statistic out there that says something about how many times you should be on a date before you, you know what, <laughs> before you get romantic. I don't yeah, know what. But go ahead. Before you get romantic <laughs> and have an all nighter, shall we say? Well, the first time. Larry parked his car in a parking lot and the car got towed. We woke up the next morning. That was a very, that was an expensive date because a towing fee in Chicago is yeah. well over a hundred dollars. We well, still laugh about that. We do. I mean, it, it was really funny. It was cute. <laughs> Larry would probably say that that was one of the better hundred dollars. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> You got the better end yeah. of the deal. All right. <laughs> That's hilarious. And so uh, you were living together and then then you decided to get married. And then, of course, for those that don't know, you're no longer in Chicago. Right. You are now in Tampa. So let's talk about how you went from Chicago to Tampa. Okay. Well, the transition came because we decided we didn't want to do the winter anymore. And you know what? I miss Chicago with my whole heart. I can't wait to go back there this summer, you know, for PM 16. I miss it with my whole heart. There's so much going on there all the time. But winter is a drag. Winter is horrible. So, you know, we decided it was time to take, you know, his real estate business and my real estate knowledge, because my background is I am still a realtor and I'm still active. I just don't do it anymore. I can, you know, back him up and fill in in for him. But it's, it's not my bag anymore. But we decided if we didn't come down here and start a business now, you know, we would never have a business. So we left. Okay. And why, why Tampa? Yeah, it was quite a move too. two cars, two dogs, three birds, about 20 orchid plants. Yeah, it was, it was, it was an interesting move. It truly was. And a big, how did you, how did you move 20 orchid plants? Um, the sad part about it was we left on in January on one of the very coldest nights in Chicago. And we only made it as far as Chattanooga and some of my plants froze because, Ch- yeah, Chattanooga was very cool. Oh, I've, I've replaced them, you know, but yeah. the fact of the matter is, you know, you don't want to move orchids in the middle of winter. Sure. What year was that? 2005. So you've been in Florida now over 10 years. Mm-hmm. So far, so good. Yeah. yeah. Like I said, the only thing I really miss is Chicago. I mean, Chicago eating, Chicago culture, things like that, you know. I'm not a I wasn't a big sports fan there because I was born and raised in Cleveland, Ohio. So you can well imagine that my sports fan, you know, fandom lies with LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers. 
Yeah, fair, fair enough. I know he left Miami and, and so be it. You know, I mean, he came <laughs> he came to be a better person and he learned to be a better person. And I just admire him so much. I don't really like basketball, but I really admire him. But, you know, so it isn't the sports that I miss. It's the fairs, the street fairs, the culture. Like I said, the concerts. So we yeah. got better concerts there. And more often the plays that would come to town. You know, things like that. The museums. The museums are incredible in Chicago. I just hope that some people that come this summer spend the extra time to explore. Well, and, and this hasn't been announced officially, but you are going to be speaking at Podcast Movement. So in a way, this is kind of like a homecoming for you. It truly is. I'm really excited about it. And, you know, it's very hard for me not to tell people yet. So I hope that you're going to be announcing it soon because, you know, I get antsy every Monday. Well, yeah, definitely coming soon. And and, and people who, who listen to this podcast are going to hear Yeah, obviously they're going to hear it. Yes, I am going to be speaking <laughs> and it's going to be a lot of fun because I really think people don't understand that there are really good ways to get seen and noticed on social media. And I have spent, well, Lord, probably the last 11 years learning how to use social media the right way to, and the free way, the free ways to get advertising. And that's what I'm going to be talking about and be helping people build their, you know, their podcast businesses. Well, and what I love about this, Carol, too, is social media is pretty much for everybody. It's not just a, a young teenager game, if you will. And so you've, like you mentioned, you've been through a lot of things in the last 10 plus years, learning the right way to market yourself online. And I, I'm excited to hear your perspective on how that can be beneficial to podcasters. And And let's talk a little bit about crazy marketing, ladies. So you get down to Tampa. At what point did you realize, hey, I'm going to I'm going to start this new adventure? OK, uh, we had been going out to conferences in Las Vegas for a couple of years and we had always heard Pat Flynn. We'd always heard Cliff talk. I mean, we had known all those people, you know, for several years and we wanted to do podcasting. Both Larry and I both wanted to do podcasting. It's just that we never seemed to have the time to fit it in. And when we returned last, um, oh, two years ago, that's when we started in November. We both launched. He launched his real estate podcast and I launched my crazy marketing lady show. And it has, oh gosh, it has metamorphosized into all kinds of different things. I actually have three shows under one umbrella because, you know, it just changed. And I didn't want to put three shows out there. So what I did was I do three main categories, one being interviews with entrepreneurs and one being, let me think here, less than five minutes, which I do every day, Monday through Friday, we do less than five minute marketing tips. And the other one is strictly talking with women. It's called Power Women Speak. And to be on that show, you have to have done something absolutely extraordinary. So, you know, I mean, and be where you can advise other women and men. I'm obviously, we have male listeners on life on how some of these women went from being zero nothing to running companies, huge companies, you know. So those are the kind of people we put into that Power Women Speak. And the interesting thing with Power Women Speak is we revisit them six months to nine months later and do a, and we're going to be doing second follow-up podcasts with them because their shows are so popular. So Power Women Speak, uh, you, you interview the guest and then you follow up with them. So it's almost like a, where are they now kind of thing? Yeah. What, any new advice, any new changes? I'm meeting with one that lives here in Tampa, has two different offices. She runs a boutique consulting company. She's very successful. She has a business in Washington, DC and one here in Tampa. And she gave such good advice. And she's a public speaker that I knew immediately I wanted to bring her back. So I'm meeting with her in a, two weeks and we're going to discuss what we're going to talk about next. But, you know, I did, I had a wonderful interview with Joy Gordon, who happens to be the worldwide CEO of Dress for Success, which is the nonprofit that dresses women to go out on job interviews when they don't have the clothes to do it. 
Oh, yeah. man. I love that oh, already. Yeah. I've never heard oh. of that. But that's- I think it's one of my favorite charities. It's where I donate all my clothes. And by the way, any women listening, you know, look for your local Dress for Success office because they are in 140 countries. So they're definitely all over the United States. And donate to these women so that they can get jobs. So you donate clothes appropriate clothes where these women who are less fortunate, they can then get access to this and they can right. use and then, uh, when they're doing mm-hmm. job interviews. And, when they, and they help them, they help it. them write the resume. They help them do all these wonderful things. And then if they get the job, I believe they get five outfits so that they, ha- yeah, so that they have five yeah. outfits to go to work in. I mean, it's an amazing charity. And she was just you know, a woman who donated to Dress for Success for years. And suddenly they asked her to be the executive director. And look at her now. She's worldwide CEO. She was an amazing interview and I can't wait to talk to her again. But there's other people out there like that. You know, I like to find these people that are kind of quiet. You know, they don't talk a lot about who sure. they are and what they do. So that's the fun thing. Yeah, they're, they're, they're less me and more, you know, what action can I take to better the world? Well, yeah, like yesterday I interviewed Faye Key. I can never say this woman's name. Kitariev. She's from Russia and she is the coach who coached Sasha Cohen and Johnny Weir to medals in the Olympics. Yeah, I mean, that's. I talked to her for about an hour and I said, look, here's the deal. And she's got a very Russian accent. So it's going to be an interesting show. But here's the deal. I want to bring you back. And when I bring you back, I want to talk more about Faye, not about what Faye did, you know, because Mm. we didn't have time to get into that. And I think the world would like to know a little bit more about what and who Faye really is. Carol, how do you find your guests? Oh, it's so easy. (laughs) You know. Well, but you mentioned that you you kind of, you know, are picky in the sense that you look for a specific type of guest. So it's easy. Well, tell us okay, about it. Here's the deal. If I see somebody I really want, then I'm going to go after them first and foremost on Twitter because it's the easiest way to actually reach out to people. If they don't see my tweet, somebody on their staff will. And I will bombard them kindly, you know, kindly with sure. tweets daily if I have to until finally somebody gets back to me or somebody tells me, wait a minute, I know them and I can get you in the back door, whatever, something like that. So for a power women speak talk, that's where I'd be looking. But actually, and honestly, and I don't know how this happened. I was told yesterday that I am on some kind of list in California. I have no idea. I'm trying to hunt this list down and where these people reach out to me. So I have shown up somewhere as a podcast host that will interview, you know, women or men, men too. I mean, obviously, but these women, though, all have big businesses, big businesses. Like I just interviewed a girl by the name of Julie Austin. She has a huge invention. She's an inventor and she did, she's, the show is live. She invented what's called Swiggies. I love the name, but you wear them on your wrist when you run or work out and they're water bottles and you wear them on your wrist. So you don't have to hold anything. Well, she's in over 24 countries and guess what she told me? She never has to work another day in her life. Oh man. These silly little (laughs) Swiggies, you know, are not so silly anymore, are they? Well, what a simple idea that now is. Yeah, yeah. but she. She's another one that found me on this list. So I'm going to call her and say, Julie, what list did you find me on? Because I'm curious now. I want to know where is Carol Sanek's name that I'm getting these guests asking me to be on my show? Yeah, I I think uh, just there listening to you explain some of your guests, that that definitely is going to pique the interest of people who are checking this out. Right. I guess that they're going to come over and listen to some of those interviews. Sure. And you know what I did this morning? Every morning I go on Twitter and I see who my new followers are. And I actually take the 15 to 20 minutes it takes me because I get maybe about 20 a day. And I thank people personally. I don't thank companies. I don't thank corporations, but I will thank people personally. And when I look at their walls, their Twitter feeds or their Twitter feeds, and I see the word entrepreneur or I see something they're doing, I put them on a list that says future podcast, you know, future podcast interviews. And that I can go to that list then and pull them up and ask them if they want to be on the show. 
So having a podcast, what has that done for your network? Well, I don't know. I mean, you know, it's hard to say because the whole thing about tracking, you know, everybody is so difficult. I mean, I'm still, you know, podcasting is my side hustle. You know, my main hustle is my social media and my writing. And, you know, when I walk in the door somewhere and somebody doesn't know my name, they'll say, hey, the butterfly's here because I'm very well branded to being the butterfly. Everything, you know, around my whole world is butterfly. The the social. Yeah, the social butterfly. So, you know, for crazy marketing, so the name, the name sticks. And although at one point in time we had somebody who said she didn't like the word crazy in the name, I said, think of it as enthusiastic because that's what we are. There's been times when I've mentioned your name to other people and that's the first thing they always say, oh, that's the crazy marketing. Yeah. And I'm like, I I know that's genius brand. It is. It is. So I think I've got to come up with something. Something for July, something to wear, you know, in the room so that people never forget the crazy. Oh, the show itself is going to, I mean, the presentation itself is going to be crazy. You know that, you know that, you know what, you know what my theme is based on. So it's going to be crazy. As I it do. Is. But, I yeah, do. it's going to be fun. I plan to make people laugh and I plan to make them crazy, actually, in learning how much they can do. And I'm glad that, you know, that those that they will get taped, right? will get videoed. Yes. All right. So we're kind of loosely mentioning events. And I know events are important to you and Larry. So let's just talk about why you attend events. Oh, this is really easy. I love easy questions. You're you're just too easy this morning. Uh, my last name's I easy. know, I know. The reason, I, to tell you the truth, because we live so close to Orlando and I tell my clients, you know, when I sit down and talk or I give a talk here locally, I'll say, you know what, if you have a niche market or you have something, you know, that you're doing, look and see what's coming to Orlando and go hang out in the hotel lobby. Go do some lobby conning. That's what we call it. And hang out there and meet people that you might not meet any other way. So I go to conferences for the same reason. I go there to meet people. I don't go there to learn. If I have to put any more in my brain, you know, it's going to explode because I can learn online and I can listen to people online. I go there to make connections and meet people. And I think, I think, you know, I asked, oh, I just interviewed Meg Lévy. Got to say that name with the French accent, you know. Yes. And I just interviewed her and she told me that she came out to Las Vegas last year. I said, you were there? She said, yeah. I said, I didn't meet you there. She goes, of course not. I came to see friends and connect with people. I said, there you go. And that's one of the reasons I go to conferences. It gives me that ability to sit and talk with people I wouldn't be able to talk with any other way. That's well said. How do you determine what event you, you know, that you invest in? Because, you know, you get up, you're traveling to Chicago or Vegas or wherever it is. I mean, that that is a, a commitment. So, how do you determine, yeah, this is something that I'm going to invest in? We've cut back significantly. You know, I mean, yeah. we realized that probably last year or maybe the year before we spent over $10,000 in attending conferences with the two of us, you know, a San Diego airfare, the inn, you know, not, you know, it's, it gets pricey. It does get pricey at times. So now we're looking at where we can get value. I would love to have been at South by Southwest this week. But it just yeah. wasn't possible. But the one that you go that you went to, FinCon, is one that I'm still interested in attending. Yep. So, you know, but I'll meet different. See, I'll meet a different breed of people. I don't want to go where my tribe is. I mean, I will always be at PM, you know, always. But I don't want to go where my tribe is because the truth of the matter is I need to meet new people. And they yeah, and guess what? They need to meet me. So aside from spending money to go to conferences, though, you're active in local meetups and things. How do you determine whether a meetup's worth checking out or not? or how do you find meetups? Okay, let's back that up and let's talk networking. And then we'll, because yes. really and truly, I've backed off from a lot because it was getting to be too much. We live 45 miles north of Tampa and that's an hour in and an hour back. 
and things during the daytime, that just breaks up my day. So I really stopped and I backed off because I'm pretty well branded. And if I just keep my name out there on social media, for example, people still say, hey, Carol, what's new? What, what are you doing? You know, all that good stuff. But when I meetups, we have, you have a new one in Miami and she's in Orlando and she's here in Tampa. And I think it's called Networking in Tampa, Networking in Miami, Networking in Orlando. We go to her meetups. It's a, it's a younger professional crowd. But guess what happens when I go there? I get guests for my show. Oh, that's that's what I go to those for, you know, more than anything, because right now I'm kind of at my limit of what I can do for people. I have backed off even on my client base right now because I'm writing a book and I'm growing different things and I have to present a presentation. I'm speaking at a writer's group. You know, there's a lot of different things I'm doing. I have a lot of hats, you know, or a lot of plates spinning. So we've backed off. But, you know, I tell people all the time, here's a great networking tip. I just did this on my less than five show. If you go to a networking group or a meetup in the evening, go to the bar. Now, I'm not telling you to drink. I'm telling you just go to the bar because that's the first place that everybody else goes. Turn your stool around or turn yourself around and watch people coming in the door. You're going to see their names on their lanyards or on their name tags. And that's how you're going to find the people you want to talk to. You know, I drink club soda with a twist of lime in it, you know, and that's what I'm having when I'm sitting at the bar. And that's how I find really great people. Not in that crowd. You're not going to find it. It gets too noisy. Get there early and sit at the bar. So Carol, you're writing a book. What's your book about? Um, The name of the book is Hashtag Cycle of Joy. It's actually nothing to do with marketing. It has everything to do with being joyful in your life and finding Mm -hmm. joy in your career, finding joy everywhere. There'll probably be a workbook. There'll, you know, definitely be a workbook along with it. It's, uh, I'll be interviewing people on how they found their joy because once you find it, you really don't lose it unless something horrific happens and you can still rebound. I'm working with a woman right now who actually has a group on Facebook. Are you ready for this? Blows my mind. 40,400 members. That's a lot. No kidding. Now, seriously, she's got a group on grief. It's a grief group. Well, it's something that everybody needs in their life. But she, I want to have her, you know, she has found her joy, you know, since losing her parents. She lost her parents. So at a very young age. So she, she has this group on Facebook and it's, uh, it's just growing by leaps and bounds. And I'm going to have her in the book because I know she has very good things to share with people. And likewise, I'm looking for other people who, you know, have found their joy because we go through cycles of joy, hence the name, you know, we do, but this book is going to be about hanging on to it. We want it to be a perpetual cycle of joy. So my tagline is going to be something like hashtag cycle of joy, you know, keeping it in your life forever, something like that, you know. Carol, what advice do you have for someone who's not feeling joy in their life right now? Talk to somebody and get some support because there's nothing worse than being alone. And, you know, when you are alone and you have a tendency not to want to talk to anybody, you've got to break that and you've, you know, break through that and you've got to do it. And I'll tell you something else that has always worked for me in my most dark moments, my darkest moments was to always have something good to look forward to. Find it, have it, you know, make a date with somebody, a lunch date with a girlfriend, with a guy friend, whatever. But have something good to look forward to because then every day when you wake up, you can go, oh, yeah, but in two days I'm having or in doing or whatever. Because if you cocoon yourself too much, you know that you're going to end up on the psychiatrist's couch. And that's not where we want you to be. You know, we want you to smile. We want you to find things to smile about. There's always something to smile about. There's always joy to find, even in the world as, you know, as it is today, there's still joy. Carol, what's an example where you were in one of those challenging seasons and uh, you were able to navigate that? Oh, well, 
that would have to be when my husband died, my children's father died. So, you know, that was a really rough time. Financially, he had been making very good money. He had worked for General Electric and he made very good money working with GE and we had very good benefits. And suddenly we had nothing. And within probably four months of him dying, the bank was foreclosing on my house because we had a second mortgage and I couldn't afford to make the second mortgage. And GE had not come forward with his life insurance money. They were, you know, big corporation. I'm sorry, but they want to hang on to the money as long as they can. So I, there was no internet at that time. It's a little bit back there in, in years. So we, right. um, I got on the phone with them and I told them that I would go, I was living in Cleveland, Ohio and Cleveland, Ohio is home to GE's Neela Park where they design the Christmas tree for the White House every year and they make the light bulbs. That's where the light bulbs are made. You know, so I said I would go and I would sit on the lawn of Neela Park with big signs telling, saying that I was being foreclosed upon because they hadn't released my husband's life insurance check. Could it be FedEx in my hands by the next day? Because that was it. And you know what? It was there. It came FedEx overnight. So wow. you have to, you know, you, even in the midst of, well, you know, deep whatever, you have to fight for yourself and you have to do these kind of things. And I hated to have to do that because I'm not a mean person. And I, you know, I don't want to threaten somebody and say, hey, if you don't do this, I'm going to do that. No, that's interesting you bring that up. I just had a very unfortunate situation with a local car dealership. And uh, long story short, I had to take my car back three times after the initial service was done because it wasn't done right. It was sloppy. There was problems. Two of those times, I couldn't even drive my car, Carol. I had to, I had to have the vehicle towed. And so it was a big debacle. It was four times total in a week. And, uh, you know, they blamed me. It was just an, I mean, I've been going there since 2009, spending money and to be treated that way. Like I, I went on Facebook, I went on Google, I went on Yelp, I went on Edmonds and, you know, cars.com, all these sites and left them poor reviews. Good. The lady wrote to me. She called me. We finally got on the phone yesterday. She's like the social media manager. And she said, hey, we know that you've done all these things. You know, now we're willing, we hear you and we're willing to reconcile this. We want to reconcile this. And I said, I told her, I was like, you know, that's a little messed up that when I tried the right channels, you guys ignored me when I tried to explain my situation, but it took me blasting them on social media and all these sites for them to now say, okay, we want to give you a thousand dollar credit in maintenance on your vehicle and uh, in exchange for you leaving a favorable review. So, Carol, what, what do you say? To well, that? first of all, it's interesting <laughs> that you brought that up because the lemon law, where's the, where was the lemon law in this? Because it seems to me you got a car that's got, you know, that's a lemon. Well, I, no, I have a 2009 vehicle okay. and, and I do routine maintenance, but they just goofed up the routine okay. maintenance. And, all right. You know. I bought a car. I bought a Plymouth Duster years back. Gosh, I'm dating myself on this show. And it was a lemon. It truly was. So we know what I did. I did. This is before social media. This is how you could do this stuff. I took my baby girl and... It was a nice day and we put the duster on the front lawn of the dealership with a big sign that said, I'm out of diapers and this car is a lemon. Let me tell you something. They gave me a replacement car. Yeah, because wow. the newspaper came out. But that's the same thing. Do you see what I'm saying? You're doing the same thing. Larry and I go to Twitter if we have a problem. We bought a bunch of kitchen appliances. I won't name the name, but we bought a bunch of kitchen appliances when we remodeled our kitchen a couple of years back. Every single one of them failed. We went on Twitter with that. And let me tell you something, it got resolved. See, I've talked to other people who've said that same thing. If you're having a serious customer service problem, just go on social media, Twitter or whatever it is and just blast them. And if they're paying attention and they care at all, they'll try to reconcile it. And I, I think it's unfortunate that you have to stoop. I don't like the word stoop, but make that decision and make that, you know, put that out there to get their attention. But uh, it seems to work. Well, we don't do that until we have reached out to them. You know, right, right, right. And, and I agree we with do, that. We, yeah, I'm yeah we here. go not... through the hoops. We do the, 
I'm not leaving bad reviews. No, just no, no, no. It. We do the, we do the right thing first. But you know when you just reach a point. Now I know there's big corporations that'll tell you to go jump in a lake too. You know they don't care. Sure, they don't care. Some of the airlines can get a little bit tacky with people if they complain. So you know it's six of one, half a dozen of the other. My understanding though is there's a certain airline that's based in Atlanta that if you give them really, really good reviews, they're really good to you. Just saying, you know, you might get an upgrade at the gate. Okay. Well, you know, Chad, mm-hmm, after all mm-hmm, for mm-hmm. <laughs> So Carolyn, starting to wrap up here, what's the best place for people to connect with you online? Uh, the best place would be anybody in the world can email me. You know, people ask me all the time why I'm so transparent. My phone number is even on Facebook. And the reason is because I can always block a phone number. <laughs> yeah, I can. <laughs> I mean, point, I want to yeah. be reached. So my email is carol with an E at carolsanic.com. And, you know, you can find me on Facebook. Everything I post for the most part is public. You know, I, like I said, I'm very transparent. I'm Carol Sanic on Twitter, Carol Sanic on LinkedIn. Those are my three main, you know, platforms that I play on. Probably going to expand onto YouTube a little bit more, but Google my name and you're going to find me and reach out to me. Please reach out to me. I love to talk to people. Anybody wants to be on the show, you have to be a successful entrepreneur, but it works. And if you have a successful entrepreneurial business, we want you on the show. Oh, that's awesome. CarolSanic.com. And Carol, do you have any final thoughts for the listeners? Goodness gracious, you got me with one that I actually am. That kind of stumps me. But how about to be successful? You need talent, luck, and persistence. Now pick two. <laughs> Why pick two? Yeah, because you can only, you know, just pick two of them. You know, you don't have to all three, all three. Pick two. Pick the two that, you know, you want to, you know, and go after that. Focus, focus, focus. I tell people all this, but I just wrote a blog and I said, I call BS on focus. Because I admit that I have ADD, so my brain is kind of all over the place. And I take a lot of what I call focus recesses, but I always get good ideas from that. So if you have an idea that's coming at you from left field, really think about that. Think hard about that because it might be one of the best ideas that's ever crossed your path. Like, uh, you know, like a water bottle around your, like around your wrist. I (laughs) know, I know. And do you notice we stayed away from my favorite phrase? Yes, we did. Yeah. So then we'll close (laughs) with that. (laughs) Carol will often say to me, jokingly and in love, I know it's in love. She'll say, bite me. Mm-hmm. And now I, I get it and I laugh at it. But uh, yeah, why, why do you, why, do <laughs> why, why am I the bite me person? Uh, <laughs> you know why? Because my, my mother used to say that. Now think about this. That phrase has to go back a long time if my mother was saying it. You know, I would say, I would say something kind of snarky to her and she'd say, oh, bite me. You know, and then, like I told you in an email or in, on Facebook the other day, that new show that's coming out with a female doctor, she says it. And I went, there yep. it is. See, other people are using the phrase bite me. Well, I now, I now, uh, I never thought of bite me as a term of endearment until I met Carol it Sanders, is. So it <laughs> is. I'm not saying it to be nasty. I'm saying it because I, it's sort of like a sarcastic retort in a way. <laughs> you know? That's funny that you brought that up. All right, all right, Carol, I really appreciate everything. People uh, check out carolsanic.com. We're looking forward to hearing about your new book. And I may pull a chapter from Carol Sanic and uh, have you come back here in a few months and we'll talk about the book. I How about that? I would love that? to do that. I really would. Thank you, Carol. Thank you. If you have a niche market or you have something, you know, that you're doing, look and see what's coming to Orlando and go hang out in the hotel lobby. Go do some lobby conning. That's what we call it. And hang out there and meet people that you might not meet any other way. So I go to conferences for the same reason. I go there to meet people. And that's one of the reasons I go to conferences. It gives me that ability to sit and talk with people I wouldn't be able to talk with any other way.